1: Welcome to Laying the Points, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by my Bookie. I'm Anthony Amico. You can find me on Twitter at Amixta. And my co-host is the Tycoon of Teasers, Matt Lamarca. You can follow on Twitter at Matt Lamarca.
2: Matt, how's it going? Pretty good. Um my my basketball team, the New York Knicks, did something stupid today, so uh all is right with the world.
1: Yeah, I'm I don't I can't even the the hashtag free willy campaign never caught on and now he's traded and I'm just really mad about it. But before we get into the show, I just want to
0: remind everyone Love a good deal? Sale into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day sale. Entire store fifty to seventy percent off. Dresses from nineteen ninety nine. Polos from sixteen ninety nine. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory.
1: Everyone that you can get a listener's only thirty percent discount. To a Rotoviz NFL Pass by subscribing through the podcast homepage, Rotoviz.com/podcast. Uh, we also have a special announcement here to start the show, and it should add some fun. Uh, my bookie was kind enough to give Matt and I uh, $250 in a laying the points my bookie account. Matt and I have decided to make a contest out of it, so we're each responsible for half. That's $125. And we'll place bets with it throughout the year. When we make a wager, we'll be sure to go over it on the show and get the results along with who is doing the best in the contest. At the end of the year, their winner will get something. We haven't really figured it out yet, but uh, it'll be fun. Matt and I are pretty competitive, so I think that that makes it a little more exciting and hopefully makes it exciting for you, the listener. So with that in mind, we did place a few wagers on Super Bowl 52. I put 5 bucks on Gronk to score. He did that. I also put $5 on uh, United States medals in the Olympics against the winning Super Bowl score. That one is not looking too hot with Philly putting up 41 in their Super Bowl win, but uh, maybe maybe the U.S. can put on for me that. I don't know.
2: doesn't matter. You're already off to a better start than I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just got to say that was like, I, I couldn't have been more wrong about the Eagles in that game. I thought that the Pats... We're going to be able to do essentially what they did on offense, but I thought that their defense would have a much better showing. So uh, my read on that game was just way wrong. The one bet that I made was the uh, Brady Super Bowl MVP and regular season MVP combo bet. Uh, I still feel like that was a sharp bet for uh, assuming if you like the Patriots like I did. There was no way that they were going to win that game without Brady winning the MVP. So it essentially got... The Pat's money line down to minus 115 or minus 120, depending on what time you took the bet at. So, uh, I still am, uh, cool with that bet. I think it was smart for liking the Patriots, but just did not work out. And I give the Eagles a, a lot of credit for winning that game the way that they did. They, uh, sh- they, they executed what you needed to do to beat New England, which is keeping your foot on the gas pedal for four quarters. They never let up. They went on fourth down. They broke out the trick plays. And that's all the kind of stuff that you need to do to beat, to new, beat new England. So uh, kudos to them. And uh, that was a really entertaining game. Yeah, unfortunately, I was on the wrong side. But uh, definitely was an enjoyable experience regardless.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have to say, like, I went into the game rooting for New England. And, uh, you know, by the end, outside of the fact that I'm a Giants fan and I kind of hate Philly, I wasn't really mad to see the Eagles win because they played the style of game that I think I've kind of been vouching for. And I think a lot of people have been saying, you know, being aggressive on fourth down and being aggressive on two point conversions and all that stuff. I, very, very fun brand of football, for sure.
2: Definitely. And yeah, they, it was I've heard a lot of people say that they're like a very analytically driven team. So anything that puts the that pushes the sport in the direction of, you know, making better decisions, I'm all for.
1: All right, we're going to talk NFL futures on today's show. But before we do that, I did want to give a quick rundown of our Super Bowl picks. Uh, I had Eagles against the spread. Matt had the Patriots. We both had the under, uh, which ended up being horribly wrong. (laughs) Um, Of the six props that we went through, only one hit that was blunt to score. I'm going to count the medals bet as a loss for now. I really don't expect to win that. Uh, we talked about the Book It picks of the week at the top of the show, one and one there. Uh, not a great start here for us, Matt, but I think that we will improve as we move throughout the year we're all we 're all about sample size on this podcast
2: right i mean for for us, we were on the under, and you know there's more yards in that game than any game in the history of the league, not even just playoff game or, or Super Bowl game, but any game in the history of the league so that's a pretty uh bad start for people who are on, you know, the underside of most bets that they were making.
1: Yeah, and and honestly, with some of the stuff that happened in the first half, I thought that we were going to just completely luck box our way into being right. With like the, <laughs> yeah, we had the some, some conversions. and uh,
2: yeah. a wacky turnover by the Eagles, so yeah.
1: I was like, oh my gosh, there's going to be a thousand yards of offense in this game, and it's going to be like a 45-point game. <laughs> we were hanging in there, but it is what it is. <laughs> Um, so like I said, we are going to talk some NFL futures, but before we do that, Matt hooked up with our MyBookie Lines representative, Rafael Esparza, for another short interview. So we'll get that to you, and then we will get back to the show.
2: Okay, we are back once again with Rafael Esparza. Uh, Rafael is a lines consultant for MyBookie.ag, and he was, luck- uh, he was uh, gracious enough to come on with us before the Super Bowl, and now we're going to talk to him a little bit. Uh, now that the game is over so Raphael first of all how's it going
3: pretty good Uh, thanks for having me on again and uh, yeah it's it's, kind of weird talking uh, with no football on Uh, for me it's uh, it's breathtaking that now that there's no football so now I can concentrate on all the other stuff because people forget that this Friday the Olympics starts so not only is football taking a break but we have really good stuff that's getting ready to jump on uh, on tv that you can watch other than football
2: Yeah. And, and how does that, I was going to, I was curious about this too. How does that shape out from a gambling perspective? Do people bet on the Olympics? I mean, where, where does the money start to fall now that football season is over?
3: I mean, we'll get money on the Olympics, especially on hockey, even though there's no NHL players in uh, Olympic hockey this year. But you're always going to get action on on hockey, especially with Canada and USA. Uh, but this year, I mean, we're going to take action on pretty much uh, everything from skiing to snowboarding. The most popular what the second most popular thing to watch in Winter Olympics, curling. Uh, so we'll take uh, action on pretty much, and don't forget about the speed skating. But uh, right now, I mean, now that football's over, it's NBA and college basketball uh, will be center stage. But uh, when you're sitting around in the middle of the night, because that's what time these games are starting to play, the Olympic Games, you have action pretty much now 24-7 for at least a couple of weeks. Right, That's and that's perfect for
2: degenerates all around the world. <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> pretty much. We're definitely going
2: to talk to you a little bit about basketball and college basketball uh in future shows but today is sort of our nfl wrap-up here so uh let's focus again on the super bowl how did the books end up doing i know we talked last week about a lot of money coming in on the eagles early uh, a lot of money line money on the eagles so i'm assuming the combination of eagles and over on the game wasn't great for the bookmakers
3: no i mean some books either once very 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 small depending on how many props they had and some books lost uh i talked to the my my friends over at william hill which which took a lot of uh, action on the eagles money line my old stomping ground over at mgm who took the the, the three million dollar bet on the Eagles. so i I would say consensus say that they probably lost uh, a little bit small it's funny how the people said who won big normally when you when you post a super bowl you're just posting just that game, and it's a, a win loss. But now I can guarantee you, people who maybe lost in the Super Bowl added their future handle and how the futures handle to that handle, so they can have a winning uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Because uh, you never lose on any uh, future boss, future bets. And I can guarantee you, the books probably won money on the Eagles winning the Super Bowl uh, for odds to win the Super Bowl last year. So I can guarantee the people who say, "Oh, we had a really good Super Bowl Sunday," I can guarantee you they posted their futures. Uh, the same time they posted the Super Bowl, so maybe that's why their their uh, spreadsheet looks uh, a lot more pluses than normal ones. But I would say for the overall game itself, I would say the books probably lost uh, to to lost medium to small. I, I don't think no one, I would I haven't heard no one lost their shirt, no one just uh, completely tanked it, uh, full full of minuses. But I, I would think I would think though the, the better is one uh, on the Super Bowl.
2: Right? Yeah. I mean, like you said, you predicted it right on the Pats money did start coming in uh, a little bit towards the kickoff. So uh, from what I saw, it kind of got closer to 50-50 in that department.
3: Yeah, I mean, I talked to people over at MGM. talked talk to people over at Bet Online and my bookie, and they said uh, Saturday night and Sunday was pretty much all uh, Patriots. But I've heard from multiple sources that this was probably the first Super Bowl that they probably had more Moneyline bets on both teams coming through the window, then point spreads, which makes a lot of sense. Why would you take, uh, if New England was minus uh, 180 or less, uh, why would you take the minus 180 to the lane at four, where you can get crushed with a bad number, minus four, than then if it was three? And then if you're betting the Eagles, why would you take the plus points if you think they're going to win outright, take the money line? So I would think, uh, I've heard multiple uh, multiple sources tell me they had a lot of money line bets uh, bet on both sides of the Super Bowl.
2: That makes sense to me. Do you, do you think that that's something that the public doesn't do enough? Do you think that most times we're sort of infatuated with the spread bets and uh, you could, there's more money to be made potentially by looking at the money line?
3: Well, yeah, I don't think the public knows that. And I can guarantee you there's people probably fighting sports books in Vegas or off online saying right now that I wanted the Eagles money line, not the Eagles plus the points. Because uh, normally if you go up to a ticket writer in Vegas and say, give me – Uh, give me the Philadelphia Eagles. They're going to give you uh, the plus points uh, no matter what, unless you specifically say, give me the Eagles money line. So I can guarantee you people probably say, Hey, I wanted the money line not the point spread, but I would think the public doesn't bet the money line that much there. They're always, especially if you're looking for, if you're not an Eagles fan and you were just looking to bet against the Patriots, you're, you're probably looking to take the plus points. So yeah, the public doesn't really bet the money line as much as they should.
2: All right. And because football is King, Let's already start shifting our attention to next season. So uh, the future lines, the odds to win the Super Bowl have already been posted at my bookie. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what goes into setting those lines?
3: Well, it's funny how you say that because everyone was an uproar. We're like, why would you make the Patriots the favorites? Uh, why are the Patriots the, the favorite They're going to have coaching changes and and the locker rooms divided what happened to butler you guys don't know what you're doing and we make i don't know if i said this to you before but we make numbers for two-way action we make numbers we don't care who wins the game or stuff like that we had to make new england a favorite because of two people tom brady and bill belichick that is pretty much why we make the favorite because they're going to get the action in and we just don't want to be hurried up and get uh, in a minus with them Right from the kickoff and try to get uh, try to get that money back all summer long. So they had to be the favorite around five, five and a half to one, uh, where where the Eagles were anywhere between eight to, to nine to one. And you figured all that money was going to come in, uh, but uh, that's the reason why the Patriots are the favorite, just because we know right away. People like people like him, but Tom Brady's getting older. He's forty years old. He threw for five hundred yards on Super Bowl Sunday. You know, that was still the loss. I mean, we again we make numbers just to try to get to balance the books off that's why new england may, is new england going to be the favorites to win the super bowl by kickoff uh, who knows i mean you never know with trades and uh injuries and summer long and stuff like that but right now we had to make new england a favorite because i still believe they have the best quarterback in the league and they still have the best coach in the league and they're going to get the action just because of those two guys no matter Uh, Now, if they got hurt or let's say they got blown away in the Super Bowl, let's say like 33 to nothing and Tom Brady looked old and Belichick was out schooled and all that, then maybe we might adjust it and and maybe look at something else, maybe making the Packers a little bit lower than 10 to one or or the Eagles a little bit lower instead of eight to one, maybe seven to one or six to one. Then we would adjust. But what, what I saw, again, an old man, 40 years old, threw for 500 yards and really one play changed that game. Uh, with the sack and fumble cuz I really thought it was going to end up 40 to 38 <laughs> in the fourth quarter.
2: It felt like it. You know, it felt like the Eagles left them too much time, but they made the one play that they had to.
3: Yeah, so like I said, that's uh, that that's why there's they're, they're the favorites, but like I said, uh if you ask me this question in uh early August, uh we may have a totally different answer.
2: That makes sense to me. This also seems a little conservative for the Patriots. I would I would have thought that last year and in other years prior it's probably closer to like you know 3 3 to 1 maybe even so uh i think it's a it's a a line where they're saying that there is some uh potential for change and and for some off season activity but given what they've done you have to make them their favorites i i agree with that
3: yeah, I think, and what we, what we discussed on that, I think the NFC is much improved than the AFC right now. I think there's so much purity in the NFC where you're going to get Aaron Rodgers back. The Saints look really well. The whole division at the, the NFC South look well. The Eagles are going to still be there. The Cowboys are probably going to be a little bit healthier. So I think the NFC is a little bit more in better shape than the AFC. With the AFC, you pretty much have Pittsburgh, New England, and maybe a handful of other teams that that would rack off the top five.
2: Right, that makes sense. Um. Going to the NFC, one team that I think could be sort of a trendy pick is going to be the 49ers this year. Um, they're getting 17 to 1, it looks like, at my bookie. They were obviously very good after acquiring Garoppolo. Do you think that, uh, that could be like a major liability here for the books? Like, I, I could personally see them being a popular pick here.
3: They'll be a popular pick, and we'll adjust it when the, as the money comes in. But the reality, I don't think one man uh, can put that, put them to the promised land uh, <laughs> and stuff like that. They were they're gonna be a popular but There's no if ands or buts on that. But I think. We're not going to get no sharp money on it. We're not going to get someone that wants to put down uh, a couple thousand on the 49ers to win the, uh, the Super Bowl. We'll get the, the – the, pardon my uh, my sportsbook term. We'll get the Joey money okay. of $20 and $30 and $40 bets, yes, of the people who think uh, Garoppolo was the best thing than sliced bread. But uh, realistically, uh, we'll adjust it as the money comes in. I mean, I, I would think they'll probably end up by kick uh, – unless, the, unless they make a significant amount of changes during the offseason. And if this if week one was coming up soon, I would think there would be anywhere between probably uh, 14 to 15 to one. I don't think it would go any lower than that. Right.
2: That makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, they right now have better odds than Seattle on my bookie, which just screams, you know, recency bias. So, uh, yeah, I think <laughs> that could that could definitely be, you know, like a just a square special right there. Um, finally, I'm just going to ask you to go out on a little bit of a limb here. What's one team that you kind of have your eye on that you think could make some noise this year? That's a long shot, kind of like a, a Jacksonville from this season.
3: Yeah, I think Jacksonville could be uh, interesting. I mean, they're tw- anywhere between twenty to twenty-two and one. So, I, uh, for every, like I said, with a- the AFC, I think it's in more worse shape. I mean, because New England guy is getting older, Pittsburgh's getting older. I-, I would think Jacksonville is probably. There's another one popular bet that's probably going to happen. What what uh, occurs? Uh, Green Bay, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is coming back there anywhere between 8 to 10 to 1. I seen. I think the highest I've seen was 11 to 1. I think that that's an interesting, a uh, bet if they stay healthy, just because I think that division, uh, I think the Vikings are not going to be the same, uh, team as they were. I think their defense will be a little bit exposed. And of course, they're losing some big free agents on that defensive side, too. Uh, I, I would think those two, uh, bets, uh, I'm a little bit more shocked at how some teams fell off. I don't want to say fell off the face of Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, boy, they were so close, and now all of a sudden they're anywhere between 25 to 30 to 1 I've seen out there. Uh, The Saints, uh, anywhere between 18 to 16 to 20 to 1 out there. There's a team where I think – just played a schedule that was a little bit more, that they missed uh, opponents that had some key injuries. They played the Packers with Noah and Rodgers. They played the Panthers twice with uh, with some big key injuries on that one. So I thought they being them anywhere between 16 to 21, I thought is a little bit givey on that. But I think if you're looking for value, I think Jacksonville, anywhere between, like I said, anywhere between 18 to 20 to 22, the one I've seen out there, I think that's probably has to be a great value pick.
2: All right. Awesome. Uh, Raphael, thanks again so much for coming on. And uh, we will look to talk to you next week.
3: Take it easy. Have a great rest of the week and a great weekend. Thank you very much.
2: All right. We're back after another
1: excellent interview from Matt with Raphael Esparza of My bookie. A lot of really interesting stuff there, Matt. Um, particularly, I think, with how some of these future bets are put together. Uh, it seemed pretty obvious to me that the the real main thing that they seem to be interested in was just avoiding being kind of in the red early.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, I think that they want to keep themselves in a position where they're not really going to get, you know, bludgeoned, uh, by one particular team. So they'll set the odds on some of these squads that they think are, uh, you know, going to be popular. I guess they'll set them a little lower than they probably should be, you know, like San Francisco, for example.
1: Yep. And, uh, you know, now that everything is kind of wrapped up, I think this is a really good time to look at who can win next year's Super Bowl. On my bookie, the Pats have opened which as uh, early favorites, which you mentioned in the interview, coming in at plus 400 on my bookie. The rest of the top five looks like this. Uh, Eagles are plus 500. Packers are plus 750. Steelers are plus 800. And Vikings are plus 1,000. Every other team is is over 1,000. Ah, uh, do you like any of these teams right now as bets, Matt? Or is there another team deeper down the list that you prefer to wager on?
2: So I kind of think that there is some value here with New England plus four hundred. Um, Raphael mentioned this. the The AFC is just a much more uh, clear path to the championship. Uh, you re- really, the only team that stands out right now, in my opinion, is Pittsburgh as like clear competition for the Patriots, and. I think that that line is a little bit discounted because people are a little bit hesitant about what their future is going to hold. You know, is Gronk going to retire? Is Belichick going to leave? And I think that a lot of that could end up just being noise at the end. Uh, Definitely the whole McDaniels thing is a little bit weird. You know, uh, the way that they brought him back. It almost seems like there's some sort of under the table type of deal that he's eventually going to be the head coach of the Patriots, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be this year. And honestly, what's the difference between 40 and 41 for Tom Brady? You know, like he's already old. (laughs) It's not going to make a difference. (laughs) He still keeps his body in, in better shape than just about any human being on the planet. They can't have any less help than they had this year for him, so... Uh, I think that the Patriots, you know, you know they're going to make the playoffs because they always do, and I think that this is a little bit of extra value that we're getting with them compared to what we might normally see uh, in the Patriots with in the off season.
1: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned in the interview that they're probably a little closer to three to one typically, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Like this is, I mean, this is the first time, at least for me, I feel like in a while where the talk right after the Super. Super Bowl isn't that the Pats are just a lock to make it right back to the Super Bowl.
2: Right, exactly.
1: Uh now for me, uh there's a couple teams I like. I like the Vikings at 10 to 1 out of the the teams up top. I was a little I was a little nervous that Raphael mentioned them as maybe a, a, a potential trap team. But they really only have two major free agents on defense and Terrence Newman and uh defensive tackle Tom Johnson, who I'm not even really confident how good he is, but he played sixty eight percent of snaps, so I feel like that's important. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Vikings are going to have over $50 million in cap space though. Uh, and for me, I feel like this is like, a, a, again, I, I'm hunting the value in the futures bets. So I feel like this is a team where if they were to get maybe a Kirk cousins in the off season, now, all of a sudden, I think that really increases their odds because, you know, they were just in the NFC championship game, uh, without Dalvin cook with a couple guys banged up. And, you know, with Case Keenum at quarterback, if they were to upgrade that position, which I think we all agree is probably the most important position uh, to Kirk Cousins, who I think is really good. I feel like that puts them kind of right back in the mix. Uh, You know, Cook will be healthy. The receivers will be back most likely. I know that they do have to re-sign Diggs. But I think that uh, I think that this is a team that's that's kind of ripe to to come right back next year.
2: Yeah. And I think people forget how good Dalvin cook was early in the season. You know, he looks like a legit bell cow type back and they were able to replicate him a bit with Jarek McKinnon and Latavius Murray, but those guys are not him. And it's just another weapon that whoever is playing quarterback is going to have to lean on. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to, I agree with you. I think they're going to be around for a while. Um, you know, the Eagles kind of gave you the blueprint on how to win games without a quarterback, just play to their strengths. And the Vikings kind of did that with, you know, Case Keenum. I don't think either of us really believes that Case Keenum is going to be, you know, an MVP caliber quarterback wherever he ends up next year. So, uh yeah, this team, I think, is, is kind of similar to Eagles where they have a lot of talent on the rest of their roster. And then it's just what are they going to be able to get from the quarterback position?
1: Absolutely. Uh, A little bit further down the board, I also like Houston at 16 to one. They kind of stand out to me just because they're so close to San Francisco at 17 to one. And I just feel like Houston is a much better football team. Uh, Really looked like a strong playoff candidate before all the injuries started coming in to, you know, Whitney Merciless and JJ Watt and uh, obviously Deshaun Watson. I this team I think is really talented. I'm not positive that Watson can maintain, obviously, that efficiency but I do think that he's probably at least very good. And I think that this team is going to make a little bit of noise next season as well.
2: Yeah. And they're in a great, con- uh, not only conference, but division to make it to the playoffs. You know, I mean, I guess the Colts could be a little bit better if Andrew Luck makes it back, but, you know, not a great week for them with, you know, doctors <laughs> saying that they're scared about his ability to play football in the future. And uh, obviously the whole McDaniels thing. So. You know, Tennessee wasn't that impressive this year. Maybe that changes with uh, a new head coach, but uh, yeah, I I like Houston. I think that's a good, that's a good call. They might be a little bit under the radar. Uh, a couple teams that stood out to me were Seattle at 18 to one. I mean, if, if San Fran is going to be 17 to one and I can get Seattle at 18 to one, like, I think that's just a much sharper bet. They've, they've proven that they can win the Super Bowl already. I mean, this isn't the same team but Russell Wilson in my opinion is still the most underrated player in the league. Like I I know we both love him and think that he, you know, is a legit top 3 quarterback and and perennial MVP candidate, but uh I think if they can protect him a little bit better, you know, they they have the the ability to go deep into the playoffs. And then one real real uh deep team right here is your New York Giants at 40 to 1. Yeah, you know? me. they they have all the pieces uh they're obviously one of those teams that way underperformed this year but if they get let's say they draft a left tackle with the second pick and then eli can can be upright a little bit you got a new coaching staff coming in uh they still have all the pieces on defense really to be competitive as long as all those guys decide they want to play this year like I think that that forty to one with them is is a pretty strong long shot bet.
1: I love it, Matt. I'm pumped because you know what? I was thinking about bringing it up, but I don't want to come off as a homer. So you, the Jets fan, coming in with the Giants take, I feel like this is a this is a good bomb future pick.
2: You want to come in and tell me on the Jets? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm gonna have to come back to
1: that next show. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, before we move on, I do want to spend a minute to talk about my bookie, uh, I'm, and I'm going to go off, stri- off script here. I mean, I could talk about you know the the no hassle payouts. I could talk about the world class mobile site. You know, th- there's a lot of things I think to like about my bookie, but I want to spend a little time talking about the all new prop builder because you know, Matt, for me and you, we're big DFS guys. This is kind of the time of year where NBA DFS, I think, becomes a little more challenging, a lot more chalk, a lot more 2v2s in your cash lineup. But you guys who, you know, if you if you if you deposit on my bookie and you use the promo code laying the points, you get 50% back, 50% bonus, all right? And then you can get action on these NBA slates without worrying about, you know, having duplicate DFS lineups and stuff like that. You decide you don't like a DFS slate, but you love James Harden, you think James Harden is going to have a, a great night, build a prop with James Harden. Take, you know, build a points prop with him and take the over. You know, you want to fade, you know, Giannis, but you don't feel like playing FanDuel or DraftKings. Just just build a prop with with Giannis and take the under. You know, get your action that way. You can get nightly action in NBA, regardless of what's happening anywhere else in the industry, and you can do that all right here with my bookie. So again, please use the promo code LANGTHEPOINTS. MyBookie will match your deposit up to a 50% bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. That's mybookie.ag. Yeah,
2: I I just want to echo some of those things. If you're someone who likes to play fantasy sports but hasn't exactly made the transition into betting on sports yet, these are a great way to sort of dip your toe into the water. Um, you know, it's a similar format to fantasy and where you're betting on players instead of teams. It's easy to understand. You don't really have to worry about point spreads. Uh, and it's just fun. You know, (laughs) who doesn't like watching a basketball game and rooting for a specific player to score points? Uh, that was part of what drew me to fantasy sports to begin with. So, uh, I think that it's just a nice way for those people who, uh, maybe are looking to make the transition into sports betting to sort of, you know, get your feet wet there. So in the spirit of the My Bookie prop builder, I have a couple of make believe props that I'd like to offer you here, Anthony.
1: All right. Let's bring it on.
2: So let's start with Nick Foles. All right. Uh, I think he was obviously super impressive during the playoffs. He really just had that one year in, in, um, St. Louis under Jeff Fisher, which shouldn't even count, in my opinion, as a chance to be a starter on his own team. So I think that it's definitely possible that this guy could be a starting level NFL quarterback. What team do you think he will be on to start next season? So I'm going to offer you the Eagles at minus 150, or you can take the field at plus 120.
1: So I I think that these are good odds, but I also think that I'm willing to pound Eagles at minus 150 here. Uh, I don't think that I I think that there's two things that really not guarantee, but really make it a high probability that Foles is going to be on the Eagles next year. Number one, obviously the Carson Wentz injury. So, you know, we're not really going to be sure if Wentz even is going to be ready for week one until like right before week one. So I I think that, you know, Philly is going to want to have some continuity at that position. They're going to not want to leave themselves exposed to have to start like Nate Sudfeld or something. So I think that that's a good reason for Foles to be back. And I also think that the quality of the quarterback class this year uh, and the free agent class kind of precludes a team overpaying for Foles, which is which is what I think would have to happen uh, for him to get moved. The team has to give maybe like a two for him. And I just don't really think that's going to happen when the draft class, I think, is super, super deep. You know, Mayf- Mayfield, Allen, Jackson, Rosen, Darnold, and then there's, I think, a few lo- uh, other guys down the list that are attractive. Uh, And then also in free agency, you have Kirk Cousins, Keith Keenum, Sam Bradford, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, There's just kind of like a lot of names out there. So I'm not sure that a team is going to run to, you know, overpay for Nick Foles, who I don't know. I mean, I have a feeling that maybe NFL teams probably aren't totally sold on him. Uh, And, you know, and they can just kind of wait and see if he's going to get a couple more starts and decide on him in free agency after 2018.
2: Yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Would you entertain, like, if you got a good offer for him, you would consider trading him, though?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, football, I think, is just all about you know, that valuation. Like, you want to buy low, sell high, all that stuff. I mean, they signed Nick Foles for, like, $800,000. <laughs> right. They can turn him into a, a second-round pick. That's, that's a money move.
2: And what it, would you ever consider trading Carson Wentz? Like, what if the Browns came to you with the godfather offer? It's not popular, but I would consider it. I just think
1: that, like, I think every player has to have a price, and uh, yeah, I think Carson Wentz is a is a pretty good quarterback, Um, but I saw, I can't remember who this was that, that tweeted this, but a really good measured take on Eagles quarterbacks was basically just that, you know, neither Carson Wentz or Nick Foles is elite, and neither is a system quarterback, but they both are good players who play really well in this system, and I think that, you know, Wentz is still young, and he'll still probably improve, and his ceiling is probably pretty high, but... You know, if if the Browns were like, we're going to give you one, four, a couple picks next year, and they just give you an opportunity to be really loaded, and we just roll foals again, run it back again, I I think that that'd be really tempting.
2: Yeah, I think for the most part, if you only accepted trades with the Browns, it would work out for you in the long run as well. So, oh, yeah. Kings (laughs) of the NFL. All right. Prop number two. This one I think is a little more interesting for me. Will Bill Belichick be the head coach of the Patriots next year? Yes -400, no +325. Man,
1: this is so tough because before I mean before the McDaniel's thing, I would have felt a lot better about laying the laying the juice on yes. I'd probably I'd probably just take the odds on no, honestly. I mean, I the McDaniel's thing, I feel like there's a promise in there somewhere. Yes, with, I agree 100%. With, you know, like and I'm not sure that Bill is like 100% pleased with the situation, like depending on how much of the Wickersham article you want to believe. Uh, You know, I'm a firm believer that where there's smoke, there's fire. So there's at least some truth there. So I could definitely see him not coming back. So I think I think at the given odds, I would probably bet no.
2: Yeah, it's definitely I agree. There's definitely something going on there. I mean, and then if you combine the McDaniels thing, the whole thing with Malcolm Butler, like. It just seems like Bill is kind of saying F you to the past. I don't know. Like, I, in my opinion, I think there might be some value with the no here. But again, maybe these odds are a little bit too low. So I, I don't know. I think that, you know, whoever the bookmaker has made a really good job with these lines. <laughs> All right. And then uh no MVP odds as of yet for next season, but. I just want to throw three names out, and I want to see which ones are mo- most appealing to you at their given odds. So you can have Brady at plus 300, Rodgers at plus 500, Russell Wilson at plus 750, or Garoppolo at plus 2,500.
1: I mean, you are really teasing me here with the Jimmy GQ odds. Jimmy you're you're pulling at my heart. <laughs> um, But I, oh gosh, I think I'd have to go Wilson. I think I'm going Wilson because – I do think that if Seattle made the playoffs this year, that he would have won it this year. I do believe that he is the most valuable player in football. I think he's the—I mean, we love Russell. He's. I think he's the best quarterback out there. He's really good. I don't think that they're going to change a ton of what they do offensively. I know that they're getting a new staff, but I think that, if anything, that staff is just going to ask Russell Wilson to throw the ball more and instead of handing the ball off to Eddie Lacy. So, Always a positive. Uh, yeah, very plus EV, so I, I'm going to go Russ here. I think best combination of uh, uh probability and odds.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I kind of like Rodgers at 5-1 to one too. The only one I would take off the table is Brady because I think if, if he were to win it in back-to-back years at 40 and 41, I might have to kill myself. <laughs>
1: I mean, I think at that point, he just goes right to the Hall of Fame. Like, I don't even think he has to wait. He doesn't
2: have to wait a few years. Like, he just goes right
1: in. Immediate placement. (laughs) Um, So that was a great exercise, Matt. I think that's really fun. And and I'm really looking forward to when those odds come out. Because I think now we've kind of established a baseline on how we uh, we feel about some of these guys.
2: Yeah. Um, All my odds will be way wrong. But (laughs) it'll be fun to see at least when, when they do come out how close or or far away I was.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Now, I
2: did want to mention
1: uh, one NCAA future in the show as well because national championship odds are out at my bookie. Um, So I just wanted to see, Matt, if you had any thoughts on who was maybe a good pick to win the national title next year. We obviously just saw a really great game between Bama and Georgia. So who you got?
2: Yeah, so... Uh, I'm, I'm really going to defer more to you on this. Like, I will admit that college football in particular is, is something that I am not a huge follower of, but, uh, I will say that I've been super impressed with, uh, Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm. Like, from what I've seen of him, I think that guy is the real deal. So I think getting eight to one with Georgia, you know, he's going to be coming back. They, they obviously lose their two running backs, but Georgia just like, they just crap running backs. <laughs> you know, like, they'll have some <laughs> more guys in there that can tote the rock. And there really, I don't think will be a huge bre- uh, drop off without Chubb and Sony Michelle. So, uh, I like Georgia at 8 to 1 with Jake Fromm. Uh, I think he's the real deal. And, uh, he definitely fits my, my number one manifesto on quarterbacks, which is that you have to be attractive to be a winning, uh, quarterback in the league. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he, I'm all aboard Jake Fromm. I, I would take him for the Heisman too, if, if you get, if we had those odds as well. So, uh, basically just putting all my stake in the Georgia bandwagon, which is never smart because they always disappoint, but, uh, I think things might be different with, with Fromm under center.
1: Yeah, I like it. And before I even comment on the wager, I just, I need, I need like a a thousand word article on a handsome QB theory at some point. That's just, that has to happen. That's a bucket list item.
2: It's probably going to happen eventually. Like there are a few caveats. Like I'd have to dig into why Peyton Manning was so successful, even though he's got a horse face. Like I I think that (laughs) that might be like the the sociopath corollary. Like you have to be either a psycho or uh, an attractive man. So uh, it's coming. It's in the works, Anthony. Don't worry. I'll get it out eventually.
1: I love it, and and honestly, I think it's a really good wager. Uh, You mentioned the running backs. I mean, Swift I thought was really good this year as a number three. I I think he'll be fine as more of a lead back. Uh, You know, Georgia just really dominated recruiting. Whatever you put, whatever stock you put into like the you know the high school rankings, they they really crushed the recruiting class. And to get Georgia at eight to one when Alabama is plus one eighty, and they literally just played each other and it went into overtime. uh, That feels. It was pretty good, and I I know that Bama had a lot of really young players contribute in that game, uh, and they will most certainly make the playoff again, but uh, that seems like a pretty wide disparity to me, so I like it. Agreed. Uh, For me, uh, and again, you know I like to hunt the value, I want to talk Michigan because 13-1 to I think is pretty decent odds uh, for an NCAA futures bet, especially for a team that I think is so well-rounded. Michigan – uh, last season, according to Football Outsiders, S&P Plus, uh, they were 8th against the run, 3rd against the pass, 10th overall on defense, uh, and they were also, also had the 14th best rushing offense, according to s p Plus. So why was Michigan not good at uh, quarterback play? Uh, they were 86th in passing S P Plus, really bad. Uh, they didn't get much of anything from kind of a, a rotating crew at quarterback. Uh, but they are going to get most of their defense back. They get a ton of starters back this year. And they also may be getting ma- big-time quarterback help. Shea Patterson uh, is transferring to Michigan from Ole Miss in the wake of some NCAA rules infractions and ball bans. Uh, he's a former five-star recruit, had an 8.4 AYA in seven games in 2017. Uh, that Ole Miss team was 14th in passing S&P Plus. So uh, a pretty significant upgrade if we can get Patterson on the field this year he is a transfer so immediately maybe it seems like he wouldn't but uh, because of the situation leading to his transfer it is possible that he could get a waiver that allows him to play this season Uh, and to me that would instantly make Michigan a title contender so I think you get them at 13 to 1 that's that's an odds you know those are odds that I think in four months five months you could be you know laying eight to one nine to one similar to like a Georgia. So I I really think that if you get that bet in now, that's a, you know, that's a value proposition that I like.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, they have one of the, you know, dominant uh, coaches, right? Like Jim Harbaugh figures to get that program going sooner rather than later. I mean, they had a a good season two years ago where they sort of, you know, outkicked their coverage. Uh, So I think that they are certainly in play the one thing that would worry me a bit with Michigan is that their recruiting class doesn't appear to be on the same level as some of these other top programs this season you know they are outside of the top 10 right now on uh you know whatever list i was just looking at i think it was cbs <laughs> uh cbs sports recruiting ranking so um yeah obviously we're still somewhat early in the process but uh typically teams that win the National Championship have not just good recruiting classes, but like elite recruiting classes. They almost always finish in the top five. So that would be one thing that would concern me. But if anybody can get it done, it's Mr. Khakis, you know, with his with his shirt off at his football camps. That's a weird look, by the way. Have you ever seen besides Jim Harbaugh, a guy with no shirt on and khakis? That, uh, I honestly can't say that I have. That might be the only <laughs> time that's ever happened in the history of of humanity. But anyway, uh, that that's my one concern with Michigan.
1: Yeah, and I definitely think that playing in the Big Ten is a concern. I mean, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State is a really, really tough uh, you know side of the Big Ten to be on. Uh, you know, if they were on the same side as Wisconsin, which basically plays all the softies, right? You could probably pencil them into being top two in their area, but. You know, they have to kind of run through the mill. I, like the fact that no Big Ten team made the playoff this year is, uh, I think, very telling about the difficulty of the conference. Fair point. All right, so that is going to do it for this edition of Laying the Points brought to you by MyBookie. Uh, please be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app, and make sure you get that deposit bonus on MyBookie for using promo code laying the Points. We'll be back next week for Matt LaMarca. I'm Anthony Amico. May the odds be ever in your favor.
0: a good deal. Sale into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from 19.99, polos from 16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Ready, set, save California. It's Sellathon time. This Labor Day at your California Ford dealer. Get ready for the best offers of the summer on the 2019 Ford lineup, like an Adventure Ready Explorer or the all-new Built Ford Tough Ranger, or get behind the wheel of the 2019 Ford F-150 with the power, toughness, and capability to carry any payload. You've waited all summer for these deals, and the wait is over. So ready, set, save. The Labor Day Celibon is on now. But don't wait. These deals won't last. Hurry into your California Ford dealer before it all ends September 3rd.